so happy to be here with you guys today. It's always an honor and a privilege when Pastor Tim comes to me and says, Lisa, I'm going to have you share the message. And I start praying and say, God, what do you want to say? And so I'm excited to be here. And so let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. God, I just ask that you would blow through me. I yield myself to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Would you reveal yourself to your people today? Would they leave here wanting more of you, God? Father, I will decrease so that you can increase today. And Father, that they would not see a person, but they would see you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we've been talking a lot about an upgraded faith. We're in a series over the past few weeks. It's an awesome series, I want you to know. And we've been looking at things like adding to our faith and growing our faith. And so I just want you to know that it's a good thing. Faith is the cornerstone to Christianity. It's everything. It helps us in our relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God without faith. That's how important our faith is. Because if we don't believe that he's God, and we don't believe how good he is like we were just singing, then what kind of faith are we going to have? But what we've been learning over the past few weeks is that we have to make every effort to grow our faith. That's every effort. That means being here on Sundays. That means reading your Bible. That means getting encouraged in your faith because it's up to you to grow your faith. God gives us our faith, but then it's up to us to grow it at all cost. We don't want to have mediocre faith or small faith. We want to have strong faith. Amen? Who wants to have strong faith? I, I know I do. God wants so much for us. He wants to do so much through you and through, my, through, you and through me. But what we have to realize is that we have to participate and what that means is, is as you're sitting here today, I hope you're not listening and just sitting there, but I'm hoping that you're saying, you know what, what is she saying to me? What is God saying to me this morning? And what is it that I must do so that I can have this type of faith that we've been talking about over the past few weeks? And it's true what Pastor Tim said last week. When we go through things in this life and our life takes a hit, we need a superpower faith. We can't have a weak faith when we go through things because we will fall over. And for some of us, we get stuck in the trauma. We get stuck in the hurt. And so it's very important that when we go through things, and we will, I've gone through things with weak faith, and I've gone through things with strong faith. And when I went through them with weak faith, I was a mess. But once I started realizing that God would show up each and every time, my faith got stronger and stronger and stronger. And so then when I started going through things and it would try to knock me down, I remembered everything that God did in my life. And I would stand and say, no, uh-uh, God's not done with me. And I would begin to stand and say, God did this and God did that and God did this. And I would remember, okay, no, I have strong faith. This thing is not going to take me down. But there was the weak faith, and I was just like, oh, my God, everything's going bad, and calling everybody that would listen to my sad story. But when we have strong faith, we really start connecting with God and believing everything that he says. 
We don't believe what is happening or what's coming against us. We believe what we know is to be true, that God is good, God is faithful, and he will always see me through. Amen? Amen. We need to recognize um, what are those priority upgrades that Pastor Tim has been talking to us about. God gives us what we will contend for. If you want strong faith, then contend for it. Make a decision today that I want that kind of faith that we're hearing about. I want an upgraded faith. We all have faith in this room. God gave it to us. But it's up to us what we do with it and how we grow it. So make a decision. This is one of those series that you don't just walk away from and say, oh, that was a good series. Yay, Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim prays and says, God, what do you want for the people? And I believe this is a timely word. I believe that where we need to go, because we're crying out for revival, we're crying out for God to move, well, our faith has to be supercharged. We have to have an upgraded faith so that we can have all that God wants to do. So, again, this is one of those series that I feel we all need to go home and assess, where is my faith? Do I have a weak faith? Do I have a mediocre faith? Or is my faith strong? And if it's not strong, what am I going to do to make it strong? So we need to recognize those priority upgrades. Or are we missing it? Living a life of repentance, he talked about, Pastor Tim. Do we live a life of repentance? Because none of us are perfect. Or a life of forgiveness? Or do we hold grudges? Or is it very hard for us to forgive? We'll go days and days and it's hard to forgive. Or how about love when he said that we are to walk in God's love? Patient and kind. Those are the type of qualities that we are to possess as followers of Christ. We need to ask ourselves, do we walk in these things? And if we don't, we need to make every effort like Peter is telling us to do. Pastor Tim has been unfolding a beautiful picture of growth. He's telling us we need to add these things so that we can have an upgraded faith. And so more than a message, he's laying it down, and he's saying you need to add this, and you need to add this, and if you do, you'll have an upgraded faith. Because God has so much for us. He has so much for you. Jenna, he has so much for you. Ricky, he has so much for you. There's everybody in this room. God has a plan and a purpose. Ashley, God has so much for you. There are things in our life, there are promises that I haven't even tapped into and you haven't tapped into. But we have to find out what God wants from us. And they're revealed to us through his word. What we are learning is that we play a role in what he has for us. Will you repeat after me? Say, I play a role. role. Yeah, that's good. If we choose not to be active in our walk, we won't grow to our full maturity. We'll be baby Christians for 20 years. Hey, and that's good. You'll go to heaven. Yay, I want to go to heaven. All of us want to go to heaven. But how about if you go to heaven and you are a mighty person in God? That's awesome. We've been looking at the passage, 2 Peter chapter 1. It's in this passage that we've been studying, and it says what will happen if we don't make an effort to add to our faith. In verse 1, it says, make every effort. 
like I've been saying, to add to your faith. And then if you drop down to nine, it says, but whoever does not do this will be nearsighted and blind. I don't want to be blind. I want all that God has for me. And I know that you don't want to be blind. And I know that you want all that God has for you. So what are we to do here? This passage tells us, this is the passage we've been looking at all for the last few weeks, and we'll continue looking at it through this message. But it tells us what we need to do and what will happen if we don't do it. One of the many points that I've taken away from this series is when Pastor Tim shared about goodness. He said, just because you say yes to God and you invite him into your life, it doesn't mean that goodness or kindness disappears. It's, it doesn't. We have to work at it. Peter says that we are to make every effort, and goodness is on that list. And this stuck out in me, because when I first came to the Lord, I was a young girl, young woman, and I wanted God in my life. I had every intention of serving him. I loved him. But there was no goodness and kindness anywhere to be found in me because I had been hurt. I was angry. I was bitter. I was hurt. I didn't trust people. So there was no goodness. It was until I I started realizing and God revealed to me in his word that he had much more for me. And I, I said, God, I want that. But I don't know how. I don't know how to be kind or to be good. And it was until I met this woman, she was a pastor, and I would watch her, and she was kind to me, and she loved me unconditionally. She accepted me, and I would watch her throughout the church, and she loved people, and she loved God, and I could see the love of God on her, and I wanted it to be true, but I was, you know, I had a lot of issues, so I wondered if that's how she really was. And I would get a little closer and a little closer. And I wanted that in my life. But I didn't know how to get it. And so God started to reveal to me that I needed an upgrade. I didn't know. I didn't know I needed an upgrade. But it took one person to show me kindness and show me love and acceptance that I began to yearn for change. I started on a journey and a process of growing and forgiveness and repentance on the very things that we're teaching you here today. I started on that journey, and I began to ask God, if you can do something with my life, then here it is. Just like we sang, you can have it all. I gave him everything that I had. And with that experience, I know that it's true that we have to make the steps forward because I could still be sitting there full of anger, full of unforgiveness, full of bitterness, stuck in my trauma, And there are many people that are stuck in trauma. But I saw it. God revealed it. He told me I could have it, and I began to strive for it. And God met me, and he did a miracle in my life. And I'm still growing. But I'm happy to report that I love people. I really do. I love people. And I don't have a problem being kind. God just like like he, he applied all that in my life as I begin to partake of it. So what are the things in you that God is wanting to work out of you or deposit in you 
What are those things? It's a process. I have a strong faith now because of that, because of that journey. Not because God just said, okay, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Tim, and Susie, and different ones, you're going to have a strong faith. It's because we allowed ourselves to go through that process. So it's true. If you want to have a super upgraded faith, you definitely need to make every effort to possess all the good that God has for you. Remember what we read in 2 Peter 1.3 early on in the series? It says that his divine power has given us everything we need to live this godly life. If he has given it, we need to take it. We need to take it. If you're, if you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, well, I want those things. And God gave them to this one and this one. You need to take it. You need to start to apply yourself and say, okay, I want that. I want to highlight that scripture again, um, 2 Peter chapter 1. It's, we're going to keep going back to it. But I want to just kind of talk about the things that God said that we could have. It says, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness and knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. I highlighted those ones. Those are the ones that God he wants for us, and there's many more. And then he warns us in verse 9, whoever does not have them is nearsighted, blind, and I love this part, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. See, I was cleansed from my past sins because I said yes to Jesus, and I asked him to forgive me because my heart was pure. I wanted him. But I had all these negative qualities inside of me. When you have these negative qualities inside of you, it's hard for goodness to appear. It's not going to just come and appear, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, so now I walk in goodness, I walk in kindness. No, you have to allow God to reveal to you, these are the qualities you have. You have no patience. You're angry all the time. You worry all the time. And you're saying, but I want goodness. I don't want these things. And it's when you say, okay, God, there needs to be an exchange that needs to take place in my life. Yeah. I need to go after it, and I need to exchange some things. You know how you go back to Costco? It's easy exchange. <laughs> Everybody, let's go ahead at Costco because we could take it back at Costco. <laughs> well, God's easier than that. He really is. He's easier than that. You say, oh, this hurt. I had this hurt, and I don't trust people. I want to give you the the lack of trust, and then he'll give you, okay, I'm going to give you how to trust. It's, it's easy. You just got to bring it to him. See, when God revealed to me there was a better way, I responded, and I began to um, add to my faith. Peter knew the importance of doing our part, and that's why he's telling us to make every effort, and that's why you've been hearing Pastor Tim week after week, make every effort because he's telling you, you have to make the effort. Pastor Tim has been telling us what we are to add to our faith and what we are to possess so that we can have an upgraded faith. And today, I'll be sharing how. How do we have these things? Okay, so I know I need to do an exchange. I know I need to turn in 
this depression. I've had it for many years, and I don't know anything other than this depression, but I want to exchange it. If nothing else, today I'm exchanging depression for hope and purpose and promise. So Pastor Tim's been saying, okay, you need these things added to you, goodness and godliness, love. And you're saying, okay, but how? How do we do it? And so we get to start over the next few weeks on how we're going to do it. And so today, I get the chance to start first. (laughs) We want to be people who possess these qualities in great measure, increasing every day. We are to be people who live a life of worship. Okay? We are to be people who live a life of worship. What does that look like, you might ask? And some of you may think, oh, I know what that is. That's what we do on Sunday services around 930. We worship. And some of you are saying, well, how can I live a life like that? Am I supposed to be singing all the time and saying, thank you, God, all day long? Well, that's good. It's great. But that's not the type of worship I'll be talking about today. I'm going to be discussing what does it mean to live a life of worship. I often say this, and if you've been around me at all, you have heard it. I often say that the only part of church service on Sunday that is for God, truly just for God, is our worship time. It's when we walk in these doors and we give them all. Whether you raise your hands, whether you bow your head in reverence, whether you just say, thank you, God, whether you come up here and get on your knees, whatever it is. But that 30 minutes or so, that's the part that's for him. How do we know this? Because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. The minute our adoration goes up, the minute we yield this flesh, this pride, this whatever it is, this argument that I just got into with my husband on the way over here, whatever it is, it's when you say, okay, God, I'm here, and I'm going to give you my worship. The scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means he starts to hover, and he says, there's my kids, and they're worshiping me. So that's the part of service that's for him. Everything else is for us. The word, the fellowship, the community, the service, that's for us to grow in, in him. So I want you not to miss your opportunity to worship next time we're together as a group. But I'm not speaking on that part of worship today. We will hear from Pastor Kaylin next week on that topic and how important it is to upgrade your faith with that type of worship. It's very important, and you'll never be the same once you realize and recognize the importance of worship being our God in song. Okay, being a people who live a life of worship. The Bible definition of worship. Worship is giving our entire self. We just sang about it. I give it all. It's giving our entire self. It's giving everything. It's giving our jobs, our life. It's giving our money. It's giving him our time. It's giving him everything. Nothing is back here behind the back. You can have all this, 
but you can't have my boyfriend back here. You can have all this, but you can't have that secret stash of money back here. Whatever it is that you have back here, you can have all of it, God, but you can't have this. Give it all. Worship is saying you can have it all, even this stuff that no one knows about. You can have that stuff too. Giving your entire self, our thoughts, our emotions to God's use. All of our life is an act of submission. It's an act of worship. Because we do things his way, even when we don't want to. How many of you have, you want to do something and, oh, you just know God, like, oh, God, oh, okay. Oh, I, sometimes I get tested, like, if I'm in a line, and it's like they're trying my patience because I'm a manager, and I, when I see, I want them to manage well. <laughs> so that's where I get tested. And so sometimes I do really well. And sometimes, you know, I'm in the car going, oh, God, I want to give you everything, all that I am. My life is submitted to you. And so sometimes we have to submit everything to him. Our, our worship is not centered around a time, 930 to 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. That's when I worship. It's all the time. It's not just a place, the temple or the church. It's whenever and wherever we are because we are the temple of God. Amen. We are the walking temples of God, living sacrifices. So when I'm in that line and they're doing everything that I wish the manager would come fix, I smile because I'm a living sacrifice and I'm going to worship God in this moment. I'm going to be patient. Okay, so first off, I want to start and I want you to remember this. Worship is our active response to what God reveals. I'm going to say that again. Worship is our active response to what God reveals to us. We worship when God reveals to us who he is. He's the creator of the universe. He's faithful. He's good. He's always there. And he's God. We worship when that is revealed to us because we're so grateful for him and who he is. We worship when he does things for us in the past that we don't even know that he did. Like loving us in our sin before he even knew us. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we can be reconciled with him. We worship him with our life when that is revealed to us. That he loves us even before I came to say yes to him. Or when we find out that he's doing something present in our life today, when it's revealed to us that God is moving in our life, we worship him. We live our life of worship because of what is revealed to us about God. And we're so thankful and we're so grateful for who he is and what he's done and what he will do that we respond with our lives. So we're so thankful, God, for who you are. We're so thankful for what you're going to do. We're so thankful for what you've done. And I need to respond with my life. That is true worship. We go all in. 
simply because of the revelation of who he is and what he has done. This is why I've gone all in. Every part of me, you can have it all. Even my weaknesses, even my insecurities, God. You can have it all. I'm all in. When we're lost and he finds us, we worship him. When we're hurting and he heals us, we worship him. When we're walking in depression or anxiety and he sets us free, we worship him. There are so many reasons to respond and live our life in worship. And if you are struggling in any of those areas, then you need to press into God because remember, there is that exchange that can take place. When we, when we live our life in worship, it's then that we are acknowledging his lordship over our life. It's when we're saying, you are Lord over everything, God. You can have it all. Remember, we need to make every effort to add to our faith so that we can be effective and productive. The Christian life, it's an active life. It contains in it a continual call for watchfulness and activity. It's not enough just to know God or simply just receive the truth. All that is necessary and good when you're saying yes to him, but there needs to be a continued response connected to what God is revealing. We need to make the effort. We need to give him all of us. We need to be watchful for when he's revealing things to us, and we need to respond with action. God reveals what he wants from me. So I'm to be watchful, then I'm to respond with action. I want you guys to look at that for a minute. I know that it's up there. God reveals something to me, like he revealed to me, Lisa, you can have goodness and kindness, but you have anger and bitterness. I'm to be watchful for his voice and what he's doing in my life. And then I'm to respond with action. Peter is saying not just sometimes. He's saying make every effort. One translation says with all diligence. That means all of it. It means I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to do it with all diligence. I will say it again. Worship is our active response to what God reveals. So we worship. That is our active that is our action, that is our active response to whatever God reveals. In other words, our active response is our obedient movement into what God is showing us. What is it that he's showing you? What has he asked you to do? What have you made movement towards? You're saying, God, I see that you want me to lay this down, or I see that you want me to come forward more and be mentored or discipled, or I see that you want me to maybe be a greeter and usher, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Well, we worship 
when we make an active step in obedience because we know that God is revealing something to us. And there's not one person in this room that God is not revealing something to because that's what he does. He reveals. Let's see what Paul says about this type of worship in Romans 12. Romans 12, 1-2. This is therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, that's an action. If he's saying to be transformed, by renewing your mind, that's you doing that. He's saying, don't, don't be like the world. Renew your mind. And then you're saying, okay, there's that thing again. I'm supposed to do this? Yes. It says, take action and renew your mind. This is not a song. This is with your life. A living sacrifice is what we are to be. What does that mean? It means giving all to the Lord, all of it. He giving him your time, giving him your earthly possessions, giving him all your energies so that we can further his work. It can't be just three of us or four of us or 10 of us. Can you imagine if everybody in this group right here, everybody said, okay, I believe God is revealing to me that I need to move forward and help further his work. We would, we would be like, there would be so many people coming to Jesus because we would all be living our life on mission as sacrifices, living sacrifice for God, worshiping with our obedience and with our life and with our time and with everything that we have. We're saying, I am signing up because God is revealing to me in this message that I need to respond. I want to show you this passage in, in the message vers version, because I, I was looking at it, and it was like, really good. Um, Romans 12, 1, 2. Same, same scripture, just a different um, Bible version. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around. And place it before God as an offering. There's that living sacrifice. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into everything without even thinking. That's so good. It means every, no one does it. I'm just in the culture. And you're not even thinking. You're not even challenging it. It says, instead... Fix your attention on God. There's that watchfulness. Fix your attention. Meaning, it doesn't matter what the world is doing. I'm going to fix my attention on what God is doing. It says, you'll be changed from the inside out. Remember that hurt, angry girl that's standing here before you now today, giving all that I am to God? You're changed from the inside out. 
It says, readily recognize what he wants from you. And you quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. So the scripture is saying that we are to take our normal everyday life. When we go to work, when we're walking around, and we place it before God. And we say, who do you want me to say something to today? What would you have me do today? You could be standing right next to somebody that's contemplating suicide. You can be in the grocery store with somebody that doesn't have any money to feed their babies. And God made a way for you to show up there. And he's revealing to you, pay that bill. And you're like, is that God? (laughs) It's not the devil. (laughs) Tell you right now, it's not the devil. Or go over and tell that person they're special to me. What? I've done that. And I said, okay. And I muster up everything I have to go over there because I'm afraid they're going to reject me. But you know what? I'm giving it all to God. Everything. And I'm going to be a living sacrifice. That's, that's when you are a living sacrifice, when you're going, okay. And you muster up and you say, I don't. God loves you, and you're trying to fumble it around, but it doesn't matter because you know I've never got somebody to say, get out of here. And if I did, I prob- God would help me handle it. But I, I muster up, and I say, okay, and I've never had that. Um, I never had it because God sent me there. So God brings out the best in us. Amen? Amen. He develops us well. He wants us to be mature, strong, upgraded faith Christians that are effective and productive. And we do that by living a life of worship. And what does that mean? It means giving him our all. Not just our song. It's everything that we are. It's getting up in the morning and say, what would you have me do today? It's laying your head down at night and say, did I do all that you asked me to do? That's a living sacrifice. This is, a living, this is living a life of worship. Our worship is an active response to what God reveals to us. So let's look at a divine moment in Peter's life that I believe shows that Peter embodied worship. We're going to look at Luke 5, 1. It says, on occasion, oops, sorry. On occasion, while Jesus was standing by the lake with a crowd pressing in on, in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into the boat belonging to Simon, which was Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And sitting down, he taught the people from the boat. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Jesus is about to reveal himself to Peter. Master, Simon replied, Simon Peter, we have worked hard all night without catching anything. But because you say so, I will let my nets down again. Peter responds with an action. 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to tear. So they singled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. It was at that moment that Peter had a revelation, and Jesus revealed who he was. How do we know that? Is because Peter began to call him Lord at that very moment. And he falls to his knees because within him his sins were revealed. So Jesus reveals and Peter responds. Verse 9 For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were his partner James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Don't be afraid. Jesus said to Simon, from now on you will catch men. And when they brought their boats ashore, they left everything and followed him. Jesus reveals himself to Peter and Peter responds, get this, that morning he woke up a fisherman. And when he went to bed that night, he was a fisher of man. His identity changed in that very moment. With one moment with God, our identity can change. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. One moment with God and everything changes. See, he was a fisherman. He was an avid fisher. This was his livelihood. He was a businessman. He owned his own boat. And he, in his own words, he said, I worked hard all night and nothing. But what happened? Jesus shows up in pursuit of Peter. How do we know that Jesus was in pursuit of Peter? Because there was two boats. And he sat in Peter's boat. He knew he was coming after Peter. And all his sin. Because remember, Peter says, I'm a sinful man. So Jesus, he pursues us right where we're at he doesn't want somebody that's cleaned up and perfect he comes right to you and he begins to pursue you and jesus tells him don't be afraid come and peter left it all and he followed jesus in all his imperfections and he was now a disciple he fell to his knees and said depart from me because he thought he wasn't good enough how many of us, if we were honest, we would say, well, I don't think I'm good enough to do what God wants for me to do. I have struggles. If the people at the church knew all my struggles, they surely wouldn't want me. Well, Jesus wanted Peter. So we want you. God wants you. We, how about this? We are, sometimes we compare ourselves to others. That's huge because I used to do it. But I'm so thankful that I looked at that one pastor lady and I said, I want that. Because if I would have compared myself to her, I would have just said, oh, my God, I just need to go sit over here. My, uh, my ugly, bitter self just better stay away from that lady. But instead, I used to say, I want to love like that. How, does she, how can she just be so loving? Well, it's the same thing here. 
We compare ourselves with each other or with others, and we think that we can't do nothing for God, and it's not true. Jesus pursued Peter right where he was. And just like he reveals himself to Peter, he wants to reveal himself to you today. And he's pursuing you. Peter leaves it all. That is his response. He says, I will leave it all. Take me as I am. And Jesus quickly tells him, quickly, he says, now you are a fisher of man. See, we look at ourselves, but God looks at the future. God looks at who we are in him. And that's the difference. When we sign up, we say, but I'm this, but I'm this. And God says, oh, no, you're this. Oh, no, you're this. And so that's why he spoke to Peter and said, this is who you are. We don't want to be a people who doesn't recognize when God is revealing something to us. We want to live this life like Peter did. We know that Peter's life was never the same because he, he embodied the life of worship. We know this because it's all in the Bible. We see that Peter gave it all, even unto death. This is the same Peter that's telling us to make every effort to add to our faith. He's saying with all diligence, add to your faith so that we can be effective and productive in this walk. Peter could have missed his divine moment, or he could have resisted Jesus. He could have relied on his own experience as a fisherman and said, oh, no, I've already cleansed my nets. Thank you. Some of us do that. We begin to reason with God, our, what we know. God says, I want you to do this. I want you, oh, no, no, but do you, do you know who I am? I can't talk up there. I'm shy or I can't do that. I can't even greet at the door. I don't even like people. <laughs> it's true. I know those conversations because I had every single one of those conversations with myself. Um, but Peter could have done that. He could have resisted Jesus and missed his divine moment. He could have said, no, I don't want to be inconvenienced. How many of us don't want to be inconvenienced? I don't want to get here an hour early on Sunday and stay later. We don't want to be inconvenienced. He could have resisted and said no. My question to you is how many times have you said no? How many times have you said no to God's nudging? God's saying it's time for you to get in there. What stops you? Maybe he's not asking you to leave it all. Your job, maybe some of you, he is asking you to leave your jobs. But he'll be faithful because Peter's life was never the same. Maybe he's just asking you to go next door to your neighbor and show love and kindness. Or maybe he's asking you just to be kind to people. Or maybe he's asking you, I want you to go all in with me and live a life of worship. What the world has to offer is nothing. What God has to offer is everything. It's a great exchange, I'm telling you. Hear me, please. If we are not actively responding to what God reveals, 
then we are resisting him. We don't want to be people who resist God. And I want to finish with this warning from the book of Hebrews that I think is fitting for today. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love and his warning is always the same because he loves us. He wants us to be effective and productive. He wants us to do well. And this scripture that I want to finish with, it's in Hebrews 3.7. It's telling us about Israel who tested and tried God. God's patience, they tested it. He revealed to them through miracles and they were disobedient. They rebelled. Basically, they resisted his voice. Let's read Hebrews 3.7. It says, this is what the Holy Spirit says today. So I'm saying this is what the Holy Spirit is saying today to us. He's saying it to all of us. When you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. As Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them to do. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter rest. Think about that for one moment. Peter in the boat before Jesus, he toiled. He said, I've worked all night and nothing. And there probably was many nights that he worked and nothing. But then Jesus shows up and with one instruction. And Peter responds, everything changes. We keep trying to do it in our own power. And Peter responded, well, we need to be people like Peter, actively listening to what God has for us to do. This is how we become people with supercharged faith, effective and productive, living a life fully devoted to him. He gets it all, and we're holding nothing back. We are adding to our faith every day, and we are listening so that we can respond to what he would have for us to grow in. The question is not whether God is revealing something to us today, because he is. That's what he's done all through history, is God is revealing something to you. I've asked the worship team to come up, because we're going to have a moment to respond to God. But God is always responding, revealing to us. But the question is whether we are responding or resisting. So are you responding to what God would have for you to do, or are you resisting? You're either responding or you're resisting. We should decide today to live our lives in worship, giving him our all. Because we see in Peter's life, it was so much more effective with God. And we want our lives to be effective. So we want to do it God's way as living sacrifices, giving him our all. And maybe you're here today and you've never went all in. That's something I always say, I'm all in for him. And maybe you haven't gone all in for Jesus. And maybe you don't hear his voice and you don't know what it is that he would have you to do. But you need that exchange in your life. 
because you want to grow this faith and you want to have a supercharged, upgraded faith. You want all those good things. And you're saying, I need that. And maybe you've never said yes to Jesus ever. Well, today is your day. You can say yes today and you can respond. And so we're going to take a moment and we're going to worship our God. And we're going to respond to him. But what I want to know is that if you feel that God is pressing you and pushing you and you're saying he's revealing to me something and I know I need to respond, then I want you to raise your hand right where you're sitting. Just raise your hand and say, God, I want to respond. Good, I see those hands. Sometimes we have to respond publicly. We have to say, because you know he's looking down and he's saying, I want to, do you want to respond? And you're saying, God, what you reveal to me, I want to respond to. I want it all. I want to have strong faith. I want to be mature. And I want to do this walk well. They're going to worship with us. And if you'll, just re- if you'll stand with me, please. And let's get ready to respond together to our God who inhabits the praises of his people. And if you're online and you're saying, I want to respond, type in because we want to hear from you. You can respond right where you're at because God is with you and he loves you. So what I'm going to ask is not to rush, not to get busy, because remember, God reveals and he looks for our response. And we're going to have some people come up and get ready to pray with you. So as the leaders are making their way to the front, we want you to respond. Respond and say, God, here I am. I need to lay it all down. I need to give him my stubbornness, my fear, whatever it is, my pride, my anger. These people are here to pray for you. Come up and respond to God. Don't leave. Don't let it be just a Sunday and rushing to get something to eat. But take this moment as a holy moment and let's worship together. And then after this song, I'm going to come up and I'm going to release you to go. Okay? Can we do that? Are we ready to respond? Let's respond. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my and breathe on this heart that is now yours you can have it all Lord every part of my world take this life and breathe it all Lord you can have it
bless you and honor you God and father together we say we respond we respond to all that you have we want it all God we want more would you tell them that say God I want more again say God I want more see he's alive and he's well and he's in the business of miracles and if there is nothing that you're going through that God can't walk you through it. But it's when you respond to him and you make that walk, this is his altar. And when you make that walk or you make the walk in your heart, or you go home today and you get before God and say, you know, I want it all. I don't want to just settle anymore. God will come in and he'll do that exchange for you. So I'm excited for next week. Don't miss next week. Pastor Kalen is going to bring a word on worship. Worship is everything, guys. And so today I release you to walk in lives of worship. Every part of who you are, worship God with everything that you have. He will not fail you. I stand here today as a miracle, and God has never failed me. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. Have a blessed Sunday. Go and tell somebody that God loves them. Step out today. Amen. Amen. Woo!